Hello and welcome to the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. Each week we will share with you our thoughts and opinions about our modern mythologies. Such as film, TV, music, comics, gaming, and more. I am your host, Brian, a comic book nerd who thinks of himself as a low-level superhero. And I'm your anti-host, Tony, a movie buff with an unhealthy obsession for overanalyzing anything and everything. And when we're not fighting crime, we're podcasting. Let's get it started. Boom! Boom. Welcome to the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. This is episode 19 and what a show we have for you today. First and foremost, let's thank our good friends over at Soy Cat Candles. Soy Cat Candles. They're 100% soy and 100% pot We couldn't do it without you guys. In today's show, we're going to be going over some listener emails. We got some good ones this week. Yes, we did. Yeah, we're going to uh, go over our WandaVision theme of what sitcoms would kind of describe the con men's lives a little bit elon musk has uh, posed the question would you like to colonize mars tony let me tell you if there's any way i can get you on a rocket to send you off into space i'm going to do it <laughs> ha 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 one thing we're also going to talk about is retconning has recently gone mainstream and we really want to talk about that and see where we're headed to and give our thoughts on that and we're going to be going over some fish taco poll results and the show wouldn't be complete without some pop quickies. Guys, let's get it going. You know, we appreciate our fans so much and the support that they give the show. And that's why Tony and I love to read listener email. Tony, what'd you get this week? I love when we're getting emails. I think we're now up to uh, a half a dozen. Thanks to our fans out there. So I'm really excited. We actually got a new email from a, a, a fan by the name of Emily. And I'm going to read it to you, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a cute email. And uh, she's spot on about one thing and not so spot on about another thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Hey, guys, I'm loving the podcast. It's my entertainment while I'm driving or on my walks. Keep up the good work. So when it comes to Mortal Kombat, I have to agree with Tony. I got super excited with the trailer. I feel like this movie is going to give the characters some justice, and their fighting scenes look bitchin'. It's been 24 years since shitty Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Amen. That is one of two movies. I'm, I'm taking a break here. That's one of two movies that I have walked out of in my entire life, so I could not agree with Emily Moore. I digress. So it's not like it's overkill having an updated movie. Brian, we have to hear Scorpion say, get over here. It's a part of the character, just like we have to always hear about Bruce Wayne having dead parents. Let's hope Zack Snyder doesn't do another Martha scene. I could not agree with her more on that point. Uh, this is Tony speaking. Back to the email. As far as the Hearthstone being a card game, I'll have to agree with Brian on this one. Tony, what happens when your phone dies or you have no service? How do you continue to play your card game? Guess what? You're shit out of luck. The beauty with cards is that you don't need technology. Lastly, Costco muffins are fan-fucking-tastic. Get a membership and buy yourself some muffins in bulk. Thanks, guys, for all the laughs. And Wayne, bless your heart for editing. Emily. Isn't that a great email? That is a 
phenomenal email. Emily, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And we couldn't agree with you more. Wayne, thank you so much for editing. <laughs> yeah. And also she is, she's wrong about Hearthstone, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to let things slide. Is she really wrong? No, she's not. She's, she's, <laughs> our fans are so smart. <laughs> I know. And the fact that she's got like all of these things that we've talked about in the past listed in this email, it's a beautiful email. And, and we also got another email. Brian, why don't you tell us what that email is all about? Yeah, this uh, email comes from JJ. He's a, a frequent listener to our show um, and a top fan. And it goes, great episode this week, gents. For Brian, the foodie, my wife and I make a variation on the classic BLT that I think you'll like. Thick cut bacon, thick nutty grain bread toasted on one side so you don't cut your mouth. Arugula, basil aioli that I usually make myself. There's a basil paste at the grocery store that I simply mix with mayonnaise or with mayo and a little minced garlic. Cheddar cheese is optional. Enjoy. It's delicious. Well, JJ, let me tell you, that sounds like a lot of fucking work <laughs> for a simple BLT. It sounds good, but it's not a BLT anymore. Where is the lettuce and the tomato in this? <laughs> like, oh my no, gosh. No, that's in addition to, Brian. Oh my, you're adding to this? This is super plus, you know, like how many ingredients did I read off? And then you're mixing basil with mayo and aioli and... But what kind man. of mayo? Is it an ancient Chinese recipe? <laughs> it's, it's not like Tony's thick... Thick, creamy mayo. JJ, thank you for the suggestion. Um, this is suggestion. Suggestion. Um, this sandwich to me sounds like it's gone totally Hollywood. You know, I like the simplicity <laughs> of the BLT. It's. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to knock it though. I mean, it, it, it sounds could be good. Very delicious. It sounds good, it but sound this good. sounds like a $7 sandwich. <laughs> and, um, I'm with you though on toasting one half of the bread. That is a, that is a good point. Um, I'm with you where sometimes if toast is too hard, I must have like a, a, a sensitive mouth sound bite. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it rips up sometimes if, uh, if uh, the, the toast, uh, I'm with you on toasting half the bread. <laughs> <laughs> Does just, it rip up your mouth because of thick cut? <laughs> you know yeah. JJ, bottom line is thank you for the email. I will definitely uh, show this recipe and that's what it is. It's not, a, it's an ingredient list. It's a recipe that my wife and I will have to go hunt down <laughs> to make this not so simple BLT. Uh, I, I, it sounds delicious to me. And like always, those are just two of the emails we get. So please make sure that if you have any emails, you can send them to the info at the knowledge of nothing.com. Once again, info at the knowledge of nothing.com. And Brian, I think you wanted to say one more thing before we get on to our next segment. I sure do. Please share the show with all of your friends and family. You know, we are nothing without you guys and we do this for you. We love the feedback. Share, share, share. If you do that, I mean, we would really appreciate it. Thank you very much for all the support. So this is an inspired segment. We were watching WandaVision and we needed to fill this void. We were talking about it and we were thinking to ourselves, what would be the sitcoms that represent our lives? You can join along with us. Um, Brian's going to give his top three. I'm going to give my top three. We think that these shows would make perfect uh, compliments to our lives. So Brian, what is your number three show? I really relate to the show just because um, I'm, I'm kind of a geeky nerd and uh, it's the Big Bang Theory. 
And uh, oh wow, really? Absolutely. You know, I grew up with um, some pretty close friends that you know we have very similar interests in in geek culture. And then along comes my wife. And if you guys know anything about my wife and I, is that I definitely married up, and she does not know that yet. That she is totally out of my league. But she is. I think she has a good idea. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. By now she does. But, you know, just kind of like one of the main characters on that show is that uh, he had a sexy neighbor just kind of move in and change his world. And they ended up falling in love. And they never once changed who they were. They only complement each other. And I see a lot of similarities in my life with my wife in that show. So we're we're very geeky. We we love a lot of the same things, you know, comic books and Comic-Con and that's what kind of uh, got us talking in the first place, but she's very into fashion and just enhances my life for the better in, in every aspect. Wow, I didn't expect that to be so deep. <laughs> Shouldn't have asked. I I know. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Uh my number 3 show uh God. I have to say the Muppet show. <laughs> if, there, if there was ever a show, yes, if there was ever a show that I think is kind of like my life, I think it would be the Muppet show. The Muppet show is basically though, the, the caveat to this, and this is where I kind of draw parallels with WandaVision is the Muppet show is always going on inside my head. <laughs> That's where the Muppet show is. The cast of characters, all of these skits, all of these things going on, uh, Kermit, this is my conscious trying to keep a hold of everything and everything is just going bonkers around him. Uh, and he's just trying to produce his show <laughs> and he's trying to stay focused and everything is preventing him from doing that. So I think number three it's would be so the Muppet show. Funny because I've often thought of you as a Muppet and, uh, uh <laughs> Oh, thank you. No, but you know, like, uh, but you have very similar traits to Sam, the Eagle. I have a, <laughs> Oh, I actually had the tool. <laughs> yes. You got 15 uh, minutes, Sam. <laughs> I know. And I've even been told that I look like Sam, the Eagle. So it's just, you know, I guess I'm SOL. I, I prefer to be Kermit, but you know, I'll take no, Sam. the Eagle. Kermit holds it all together. You do that. You do that for the show. Actually, that's more. Yeah, and then I, <laughs> and I've also got, you know, and then you also hear my, my, uh, my Waldorf and, uh, Statler come out whenever I do this show with Brian. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, you could kind of see these parallels yeah. of it's the Muppet making show, a right? lot of sense now. Yeah, yeah. It makes so much sense now. Oh my okay. God. That, have an, that was an epiphany moment right there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So yeah, there you go. Brian, what's your number two? My number two is, um, it's not a well-known show. It's called better off Ted. And it was kind of short-lived. I think it only had like two seasons. Um, but basically, this guy, um, the main star of the show, was a manager of a research and development company. And they just developed and made all kinds of crazy things under crazy conditions. It's a comedy. And everybody around this, this guy seems pretty incompetent. And <laughs> he just has to kind of find a way to pull this this ragtag team together and you know they are geniuses in their own right but without this guy kind of holding things together uh, nothing would get done so um it's funny it, it feels like my life sometimes where where i'm just trying to make common sense out of the most asinine mundane things and in something that i've learned throughout my life is that common sense is not common 
And this show really highlights that. Wow. I um, totally recommend it. It's called Better Off Ted. It aired, I don't know, gosh, maybe 10 years ago. It's probably, I, I don't, I'm not sure how long, but you can still find it. It's very, very funny. My number two show is actually uh, a show about nothing. And it's called Seinfeld. That show to me is indicative of of kind of me as a person sometimes. I, I overanalyze and overthink everything that somebody does and I automatically make it about me instead of it being whatever that person is dealing with. And then that turns into this whole other drama that kind of goes along with it. Uh, in fact, I mean, the knowledge of nothing is is based on just the fact that I know nothing, but you know what? I've got passionate views about everything. Right. And with these people, that is all they're about is their emotions and being grandiose about it and getting into these arguments about stupid things that just don't mean anything. So I would have to say Seinfeld. I, I That seems like a, a sitcom that is, is very indicative of, uh, of my life as well. I could totally see that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, so is it all of this starting to make sense to, to you uh, about who I yeah, am as you a know, person? I'm not surprised yet on, on any of your picks. And I, oh, I really? totally okay. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've all known right. each other for a while and, and these make sense. These make absolute okay. sense. I, I absolutely understand why you would pick these shows. Okay. So we're going to go on to the number one number show for Brian. One. Brian, I, um, yeah, Wayne, cue the number one. Number one. Can I take a guess? Yes. Can I? Can I just take if, a guess? If I can take a guess at yours after after. Sure. I'm done. Yep. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. I'm going to guess that yours is married with children. No. Oh. Okay. All right. Oh wow. Man, I, I got that I wrong. I thought you would get this one. It's. Uh, is it the office? It's the office. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. Wayne, cue the bell. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> it is the office. I have uh, worked in an office setting um, most of my adult life. And I just relate so much to that show. And the show has so many different personalities that you would see in everyday office life, no matter what company or industry that you work for. And it just, it's so relatable. It's so, so relatable. And I like the fact that in every episode that they have these talking head points where each character can look right into the camera, break the fourth wall, and just kind of give their own personal thoughts and opinions about whatever the situation is. It's what we're all thinking already, but somebody put it into a show, and um, I just really, really enjoy and relate to it. And plus, it's got one of the best love stories I've ever seen anywhere, whether it be book, film, and uh, it reminds me a lot of my wife and, you know, I, I relate that way to it as well. So it, it touches me on a deep level. I didn't expect that. I mean, you, you are now turning me on to The Office. I, I, I have so. never watched I The Office. I can't recommend it. More. But I keep hearing that. <clears throat> One of my things to do every night is I like to find a show to watch and kind of catch up as the end cap to my day. Uh, I've done that with Parks and Rec. And I've also done that with uh, Bob's Burgers because of Brian. Uh, and The Office, I think, is going to be next up on my list. Yeah, The Office so is amazing. I'm looking forward to watching yeah, it. Stick with it okay. through the whole series. It's a quick watch, um, but it just character builds over the course of its nine seasons, and it's so, so good. Um, I, I can't give it enough praise. 
Okay, and now we're off to my number one show. Tony, I'm going to take a crack at this. Hopefully I get it right, okay. but I, All right. I think I might. Your number one show is... Pausing for dramatic effect, like Tony. Rick and Morty. You are incorrect. Oh, really? I thought I had it. Yeah, no, <laughs> you are incorrect. It's, you're, you're, in, you're in that realm, but it, it is incorrect. Okay, what is it? My number one show is South Park. Okay. Um, yes, that uh, that is that is me in a nutshell. I can I can envision myself being in this universe. I can imagine myself as a kid. I, I kind of look at life as a kid. I'm I'm forty uh, years old, and I I still have this kind of childlike enamor with the world, and I. I see things in a certain way and it, it's almost always childlike <laughs> and infantile. So uh, these you characters, those kids are the smartest people in that town. I know. But I, in that there's something about that, that innocence that can kind of uh, lead to some really heavy discussions and heavy themes. I mean, South Park gets into, in, into the weeds, but they do it in a funny, entertaining way. And it's absurd in some points, but uh, I just, it resonates with me. And I think that that is probably my number one show where I feel like that is kind of my life. I, my philosophies are kind of built around it. My, uh, th that childhood kind of awe looking at the adults all around them and going, what the hell are these people thinking as all of this crazy craziness is going on in, inside South Park? And I, I kind of see that parallel with, uh, with my life as well. So. South Park is my number one. Awesome. Wayne, do you have any shows that you really relate to? Honestly, I didn't even give it a second thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Nothing, huh? Um, sitcoms, though, right? We we're sticking in that yeah. realm, correct? Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, I really wasn't much of a sitcom watcher. So I really, I would have to really dig. So All let right. me. Let me think about it. I'm mean, see if I could get back to you by the end of the episode. You know? And for our, li I know and for our listeners I know out is. there, this would be a great opportunity for you to email us the show and let us know what shows you really relate to. Yeah, that would be fun, right? Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear some some of our listeners tell us, hey, this is these are the shows that I kind of relate to. and Or uh, if they have any why. recommendations for Wayne. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I see Wayne is uh, like... A child, like I see a Saturday morning kind of cartoonish kind child? of thing for Wayne. <laughs> well, no, but I'm thinking more like Bill Nye the Science Guy. Didn't he have a show that was like a half hour? Yeah, he did. Bill Nye I the was, Science uh, Guy. Oh, God. <laughs> right. um, but I could see that being Wayne for some reason. I, well, I was, actually, it reminds me of the, there was a show that preceded him. Um, yeah, um, Mr. Science or something. Or Mr. Yes. Wizard. Mr. Wizard. I Mr. love Wizard. that show. Yeah. So he's watching like Mr. 5 Wizard. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Wow, you see? I mean, here's yeah. the thing, but they're not sitcoms. Like, Mr. Wizard was a educational show, if you will. Uh, yeah, but was it's a half MacGyver hour format. But it was, it was, yeah, if it was a half hour format, yeah. and it was kind of It was that like it, that niche. early, early morning. It was them and Bozo the Clown and Mr. Wizard. <laughs> I, I, I Romper room. <laughs> Tony, you, you know, know what I'm talking about. You're old and, enough. I mean, granted, there's also the, was it called the uh, Disney Afternoon, right? Yes. Mm, I'll go up on that too. But Gargoyles I, 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 and I have to think about it. I, don't, I really can't think of it off the top of my head. All right. All Our right. listeners Sweet. should help Wayne out. What show would Wayne relate to? Yes. Please let us know. Info at theknowledgeofnothing.com. All right. Let's talk about Elon Musk. He posed a very interesting question. 
Tony? And I want to pose it, yes. And I want to pose it to you guys, okay? Well, actually, he didn't pose the question. I want to pose the question. It's been in the news recently that Elon Musk wants to have one million people on Mars by 2050. And I thought of this brilliant question that I wanted to ask my co-host here. Would you want to be one of those one million people that go to Mars uh, on this mission? The caveat is you could probably not come back. You would have to work there, do your thing there, build and colonize Mars. But would you want to? So, Brian, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I would want to. But would I? No. Um, My wife would never (laughs) do that. (laughs) And I'm not going anywhere without my family. And um, I want my my kids to grow up and live very fulfilling lives in a, in a on a beautiful planet. But uh, in my younger days, if I were single, I would absolutely be one of those guys who would send in an application and want to be part of this amazing adventure journey, be a, a, a pioneer, a colonist, you know, um, just be on the forefront of history and be part of the whole space race and be a two planet species. And I, I would love that. Um, but now that I'm older and have family of my own, no, but here's the thing. I would love to be able to pick the million people that go <laughs> and leave this planet. <laughs> Let me part, be That's part funny. of the application or the interview process. I would love to be. No, part why of- would you want to set things up to fail over Absolutely there? Absolutely not. Brian, this, that's not very nice. This, this would thrive and you'd need all kinds of diversity up there. And I would send a very diverse, good representation of the human race. Okay, so what if you were allowed to bring your family? Oh man, would you? Would would, would again? No, first off, because um, I am very. I would be very happy with my wife and I, but I don't think my kids would be happy up there on that planet. I want them to experience a lot of the same things that I get to do or have done here on Earth. And uh, really, so you wouldn't want your kids to I kind just, of like explore anew and and be part of that with if you? If there and, was a two way program where I could spend a few years up there helping build a society and then come home, if there if there was a back and forth program, that's a game changer. I would absolutely do it. But and if it was just my wife and I, if she was cool with living on Mars, I would do it too. But the whole deal breaker is, is my family. And that's not something I think my kids would be interested in. And so I'm not going to leave the planet without them. Why don't you ask them at the dinner table? Yeah, they're too young. I'd be interested in hearing that. They're too young to make that kind of decision. <laughs> no, I bet you, I bet you, I, I bet you Charles. Are, Charles would do it. My daughter would realize really quickly that there's probably no cell service up there. So um, <laughs> that would be no for her. <laughs> well, I, I don't know because he is, he, he is kind of uh, also coming up with this new uh, form of Wi-Fi that is u- utilizing satellites. Yeah. So, so anyway, you could probably be using that. So you would have signals. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about Wayne, you? What about you? What about you, Tony? No, I want to. I'll go. I'll get. We'll get to right. me. I, I'm interested to hear what Wayne has to say about this. Short answer: No. I have <laughs> really. No. Uh, no, I do not. I don't want to be the forefront on that project. Wow, that surprises me. I thought for sure you would be like, hey, yeah, I'd love to take Dana with me, and uh, I would love to do that. To me, there's so many unknown variables with that. And here's the thing. There's one thing to take a risk with things like here on Earth. And it's a weird way to say that on Earth. Yeah, changed job. 
Do something new. Try some different food. What are the risks involved with that? Minimal at best, especially in scale and scope. But when you're going to a different planet and you're establishing a completely new ecosystem and you're establishing, you know, and all these other people, my, uh, my question goes like, oh, what is this selection process for these individuals? Because is it actually based on merit and diversity or how much money do you make? You know, uh, I, I don't see. know. True. So to me, it's like, do I want to be with these people? Granted, they could probably be the most brilliant people in the world. And I commend them the amount of work and effort that would be needed to establish that kind of a living environment. But that's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. And coming from a guy who likes to go outside and go for a, for a walk or for a jog, go on a hike, it's going to be a little bit different there. I mean, granted, you're going to be exploring someplace new, but it wouldn't have the same effect for where I would want to go and unplug, if you will. Echoing what Brian said, if you asked me 15 odd years ago, this opportunity, I'd probably give you a different answer. But yeah. right now, not so much. You know what sounds good to me is that you know that there would probably be some kind of like moon base or fueling station or something on on the moon um, at this point as well, just to kind of assist with the uh, with the whole uh, you know space race type thing. And going back and forth from the Earth to the moon would be appealing to me. Like I said, you know, if there's a back and forth program, I think that would change a lot of my views on it. I would love to be part of this team. I mean, just something that I could be proud of. I, I commend anybody or whoever the f the first chosen are going to be. I mean, they're brave individuals and uh, it's exciting times. But uh, Tony, what are your thoughts? So my thoughts would be I would go in a heartbeat. I mean, if and if it was just me, I would go. Uh, if it wasn't just me, then um, that would be a bonus. But I, I would go. If, if asked, I would go. So what if Sarah um, said that she wasn't going to go? Would you still go? Uh, yeah, I think I Even would. Even if it's one way? Yeah. And, and the reason being, I, I feel like I'm kind of moving our humanity forward by doing this and moving things forward. And I don't know. That's always been something that's excited me to always try to be on the forefront of something new or something different. And I don't know, maybe it, maybe it's a legacy kind of thing that uh, that I would love to kind of have. I mean, uh, to be one of the first Martians would be something that's just cool. And I, it, just think about everything else that's involved with this thing. You would need laws set up. You would need property set up. You would just, it, to me, this is something that um, is just so exciting. I, 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 I liken it to when the United States formed in 1776 and everybody kind of moved westward, right? They had to set up all of these things. They had to explore. They had to uh, come up with these laws, these, these uh, territories, these states, I, I, making grids, making up uh, streets. I, I, it just seems so exciting to me to, to kind of want to be a part of that. I would love that. I, I don't think Sarah would be happy with that. I don't think my kids would be happy with that. Uh, <laughs> but ultimately I know, I know that they would say, Hey dad, if this is what's going to make you happy, then do it. They, I mean, they've always been supportive. They of may me. be more supportive. This might be the, where they draw the line, but uh, <laughs> this might be where they draw the line. But uh, I don't know. I, don't know Wayne, yeah, I would love I think to be we should help Tony with his application. Let's get oh, him to Mars. Yes. <laughs> I already sent it in. Don't worry. We're good. <laughs> So uh, that means, would we do the show though if I went of up there? Course. Of course, are you kidding well, me? How are we, we going to make be that the happen? Best show ever? We'd be a two-planet show. 
All right. Oh my goodness. So yeah, why don't we do that? Why don't we be the first podcast on two right. separate planets? That would be amazing. Podcast. Absolutely. Wow. Oh my we'll god. We'll get one of us yes. on the moon that would too, be and then we've got the three. Oh damn. <laughs> yes. Let's just do it. See, we're thinking big guys. Thinking we're going big. blue sky with taking all of this. Taking it galactic. <laughs> yes, we're taking the knowledge of nothing galactic. Oh man. Oh, so anyway, I I think I would do it and uh, I just I find it so exciting to kind of be a part of something that huge. Uh, I would love it, but you know, uh, it's got me thinking, you know, on on a trip like that, of course you'd have to take a luxury item, right? And I think one of my luxury yeah. items would be a soy cat candle. <laughs> oh, that was a good. That was a good plug, yeah, man. It that was really good. Be. Which Which one would you take Midnight in particular? Merlot. Absolutely. Midnight Merlot. I would say uh, whiskey campfire would be mine. But uh, hey, it's all good. Well, we got an exciting topic, but let's talk about that after the break. Greetings, converts. Visit the Soy Cat Candles online store and stock up on all-natural 100% soy wax candles infused with essential oils, animal, earth, and human-friendly. Visit www.soycatcandles.com. That's www.soycatcandles.com. Soy Cat Candles. 100% soy, 100% paw some. So, we decided to kind of change it up a little bit. Um, let me take you back in time. The year is 1997. Rumor comes out that, you know what? In 1999, we're going to get a new Star Wars film. Everybody's excited about that. So Lucas, George Lucas, that is, from Lucasfilm, decides, you know what? You know what? be a good way to kind of get the masses back into that Star Wars mode. I'm going to now come out with these new improved, in quotation marks, cuts of these films. They're now called the Lucas Cut films. They came out and quite frankly, on the whole, I think they were a disaster. I think everybody has kind of had that consensus. So to me... That was kind of the start of this movement that has kind of really gained steam here in the past year or two uh, called retconning. And what is retconning, you ask? Retcon is defined as a piece of new information that imposes a different interpretation on previously described events, typically used to facilitate a dramatic plot shift or account for an inconsistency. And another fine example of this is E.T., where Spielberg, which it is his film, he has every right to kind of do this, uh, decided it would be more humane to take shotguns out of the FBI agents' uh, hands and put walkie-talkies in. So I get it. It's an artistic thing. But now, all of a sudden, retconning has gone mainstream in the arts and it's going crazy and it's going rampant. This is kind of a touchy subject to talk about, but I just want to know where is this thing going to stop? 
with this retconning of everything that has happened in the past, retconning with movies, retconning just with the arts in general. This is what I'm really focused on is the arts in general. Where does that line kind of stop? My whole issue is, and I just want to sum it up with this, with this sentence. If we erase our past, how can we ever learn from it? I don't know. That's just my two cents. Brian, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, um, I agree with you. You know, I would hate to see us erase our past, right? Because history is a lesson and we take these lessons that we've learned and either we, we, we like what we've done or we don't like what we've done and, uh, and we learn from it. We, we know not to do things again or, you know, we could have handled that a little bit better. And, uh, you know, but you take these, these lessons that you've learned and it forms who we are now and it kind of gives us a little roadmap on who we want to be. Wayne, do you have any thoughts on that? I echo what you guys say. I think when it comes to this kind of stuff, people have should have a choice to consume that art, right? If they don't have a choice, that might be a different debate. But I say yes. majority, if you are, have the choice to consume it, then it should be there to exist to, some, to a certain degree. Um, and you do learn from it. You know, you can't have knowledge from nothing. Oh, this yeah. connection there. Oh, oh my God. We just got a little meta here. We got meta. Wow. That would be a great show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, enough of that already. Up next, we're going to be talking about the poll results regarding fish tacos, grilled versus battered. Before we get started, uh, we've all kind of waited for this time. Brian has lost so many, so many polls. I don't even know the number on how many... I've lost. I, let's just put it this way. I've never won. Yeah, never, ever, right? <laughs> never. I've, so far, I have a perfect record. Yes, a perfect record. Well, um, let, me, let me start by saying this. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> that's you it? finally... Yes, yes, that, that's that it. I would horn, play, you've got to at least play it twice yeah, then. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll play it twice. Okay, here we go. This has been go. long awaited. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Uh, you have finally done it, Brian. You finally have won a poll. I need and to see the banner, the confetti falling, the the the, the balloons. And now what? You're going to bring on the shit talking, right? Yeah. No. So, no, I am a gracious winner. Now, if I win two. <laughs> yeah, <You're> okay. <laughs> Anyhow. All civility goes out the window. Yeah, with with uh with man, I thought for sure I would win this one too, but um well, y'all you know, uh, proved me wrong and with 69% of the vote, y'all like battered fish tacos over grilled tacos. So, Brian, one more time for you. <laughs> nice. Thank you everybody. What what do you have to say oh, oh winner of the poll? It just shows that 69% of the people voted really know how to eat their fish tacos. So thank you, everybody. How does it feel? How does it feel, Brian? It feels, you know, it's kind of like um, I'm maybe in shock. I, I'm not really sure yet. It's a, it's, it's a weird sensation. It's kind of tingly, a little warm, <laughs> but I love it. I, I, I don't want it to go away, and I want to keep this. It's not a winning streak yet, but I'd like to, to turn it into one, and then hit the gas from there. Tony, people have kind of labeled me on the show as a foodie and I'm not a foodie. I just am a guy who likes food. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I, I can strongly suggest that because your, your taste in food is, is, um, is not 
up to uh, foodie level as, as such as my sophisticated tastes are. <laughs> like, oh, is that what you're yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. My 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 tastes are sophisticated. So um, uh, I'm sorry. I thought for sure grilled would win, but um, yeah. I bow to you, sir. Congratulations. Oh, well, this is well-deserved. This has well deserved. been a good round. Let's, Thank you yeah, very let's, much. Let's give and him a round of applause. And finally, he has got that win. And uh, That my record has been broken. It's no yes. longer a perfect record. But, yeah. uh, you know, let's make this into a streak. Oh, man. Okay, I need to let's... do, like, the winning percentage on this now. Just because it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. There should be some oh, yeah, you, yeah. You should probably start uh, keeping tabs on that. So we'll bring it. We'll, but, uh, we'll bring it up for next week. Congratulations, Brian, on your win. Thank you, sir. It is well deserved. Finally, finally, finally. Up next, pop quickies. Right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Conmen, K-O-N-M-E-N. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com, take your podcast to the next level. And now it's time for Pop Quickies. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't heard that one in a while. I love uh, it. It's a you know what? Spine. Uh, I know. It's of sexiness, wasn't it? Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, but, you know, before we started the segment, I wasn't sure which question to start off with. But since you played that intro, I think I know which one. It's going to be food related. Of course, food related. <laughs> food related. Okay, yes. sweet. You guys ready? <laughs> yes. When it comes to gravy, brown gravy or the white gravy, what floats your boat? Mm, I. Oh my goodness! It's quickies. Come on, gotta be quick about it. Uh, dark gravy, light gravy. Uh, dark. I dark. I have to go dark. Dark gravy. I, I was on the fence. Uh, I was thinking about gravy, like light gravy. Uh, that you would put with uh, sausage and biscuits. I mean, that's awesome gravy. But that dark gravy, if it's done right, uh, is just magic. It goes on mashed potatoes. Bangers um, and mash. Yes. Yeah. Or, or, or over your meat, or like your turkey or yeah. whatever you're making. That gravy is just, oh, if it's done right, dark gravy is. Uh, so what does that mean? It's done way. right. What is done right for you? Um, using the, uh, the juices of what, say it's turkey, the turkey that you have cooked, using that, kind of making a roux first, making that roux and um, bringing it to kind of uh, gel up a little bit. And then you, you add that cream to kind of give it that, that silky texture. And once that roux starts to activate, you get this nice dark gravy that you can then utilize uh with all of these fat drippings it's just oh, oh amazing mm, yummy brian what about you that is this is this kind of how you make your mayonnaise too all those fat <laughs> drippings that my friend will be <laughs> discussed on another episode is that a secret <laughs> it, is, it is it is a secret up until right this second all right i would have to pick white gravy i i i'm with you tony the the 
the dark gravy is really good. We we eat that with uh, bangers and mash, and we usually make it with a. Uh, it's it's more of like a, a mushroom gravy, a thicker mushroom gravy. It's really good though. But as far as the white gravy goes, you're absolutely right. Either um, it's mostly sausage. Really kind of you know my dad was a southern boy. You know, real stick to your ribs type gravy. I mean, it's almost a meal in itself. Yeah, I mean, you it can't comes go, out you the can't... same consistency as oatmeal. You know, like this oh, is a that's really the best. It is the lumpy, hot, just just mush of goodness, and it goes over your biscuits. It goes, uh, you know, it's just. I mean, like, don't eat this if you're on a diet. Don't eat this if you're concerned about your cholesterol or anything. This is like spackle. This is a, like yes. going to stick to your I mean, ribs. You, and you you're can't go feel wrong with either, right? Day. No, yeah, no you can't is, go wrong with either. But yes, this is definitely uh, a heart hugger. My heart is we'll hurting right that. now just thinking about it. Yeah, oh. but that that white gravy. And oh, the only man. reason I think I went with dark gravy is because you can use it with more things. I, I don't yeah. know. It's very versatile. It seems like, yeah, it's very versatile. You can kind of use it for different things. That's why I give it that slight little edge. Gravies are great. Yes. (laughs) All right, guys, moving on. We talked early in this episode about colonizing Mars. So I've got a Mars-related film question for you. Of these four films, which one is your favorite film that took place on Mars? You got The Martian, Total Recall, Red Planet, and an award-winning or not award-winning film, John Carter. Oh, oh man, I forgot about John Carter. I, I actually liked I, that. I, I, that I liked <laughs> I liked that movie, but um, The Martian to me was just amazing. The fact that that is all buried in science and something that can be done, even when you're watching it and seeing these outrageous things that happen on Mars, and you're thinking there is no way that's for real. I watched Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about it and he's like, yes, all of this stuff is plausible. That just blew my mind away. So the Martian, I think had that really kind of had that loneliness. It had, uh, but it also had that hope that this one guy can now do all of these awesome things just using his brain and, and a little ingenuity with, with the resources that he had on Mars. You know, uh, I agree with you. The Martian, it's, so inspiring, you know. I love um, space-based type movies, but you know, with a with a hint of reality, like could this actually happen? And it could. You know, here's a show where this unfortunate thing happened to um, uh, an explorer on Mars, and it's a show about a guy just figuring shit out. You know, <laughs> and he's yeah. got a laundry list, and he even mentions this in the show. He's got a laundry list of things that he has just to stop calling it a show. Oh, it's a movie. You're right, right. In the movie of stuff that he has to accomplish to just stay alive, let alone get home. And you cross one thing off that list, and you know me and checklists. I love checklists. And then you move on to the next, and slowly but surely you start to make progress. And I just love how he never gave up even though when the the odds seemed to be against him and he just just used his wit and you know and his to, smarts. To, I mean the yeah, guy was genius, to stay right? alive and it was inspiring it's it's about a show of a guy figuring shit out and i like that <laughs> all right guys let me go back to another food related question when it comes to sandwiches do you prefer them hot or cold Oh, this is a trick question for me. Uh, you I, know, um, it, it's kind of a trick. Um, I, I, this just reminds me of one of my weird things that I, about food. 
and I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it on the show. Brian knows full well where I'm going with this. But um, if I had to choose between the two, because that is what is up for debate here, hot or cold, I, I'll go with the cold sandwich. I, I just, it's refreshing. It's nice. I, you can kind of get the crisp kind of lettuce, the cheese, the onion. I don't know. The texture is just a lot better. Hot tends to feel like it's all one texture and not really nuanced at all. But um, uh, the, the weird thing about my food is, uh, Brian's snickering over there, uh, I have to have my food at room temperature before I eat it. I don't know of anybody else that is like that, but for some reason, I, I can't have it too hot. I can't have it too cold. If it's room temperature, to me, that is the way to eat anything. Uh, don't so explain. I, you are no. the Goldilocks of eaters. No joke. Yeah, there is. Uh, I really <laughs> many a morning where I've walked into the office and I've seen Tony cooling his breakfast burrito in front of a fan. I know, Brian. What are you doing? <laughs> I know, and now you're bringing this up to everybody. Thank you. But... Yes, it's weird. I know. The first time you probably have seen it, it's just like, what the. F- fuck is he doing what a weirdo (laughs) yeah i know i know i can't explain it but i have to have it if it's room temperature oh it's just i don't know why i think it's because all of the the you can kind of taste everything uh when it's hot you kind of it's hit or or miss and you're trying to i don't know you just can't enjoy it as much or if it's too cold you're not really getting all the taste but when it's room temperature yes when it's goldilocks temperature it's perfect. So. All right. Um, generally, if I'm going to eat a sandwich, um, it's going to be on the cold end. But when I make my very simple BLT, I do like fresh bacon. <laughs> and not the bougie uh, BLT that JJ sent us the recipe for. The very Hollywood, the very BLT. It's not even a BLT. Uh, you know, there's so many, Oh, gosh. JJ and I have to have a discussion. John, <laughs> you and I need to talk, buddy. We need to talk about what is really a BLT and what it's not. Um, I can't wait to try your. He did your say though, very. He did say it was a variation. It is a variation, uh, but even though in his recipe there was no mention of lettuce or tomato, but anyway, <laughs> um, John can't wait because to have that those discussion were, with that you. was a given. That was a given. We need to talk, <laughs> but anyway, uh, in general, I'm a man of very simple needs. Simplicity is key here. Uh, you toast that white bread uh, on one side so it doesn't rip up your mouth. There you go. Nod to John. And uh, you got your your mayonnaise, fresh bacon. When I say fresh, I mean bacon that hasn't been sitting out all day and it's all crispy and crumbly and hard. Fresh bacon, which you know tends to be a little warmer because hopefully it came out of the oven within the half an hour. You've got your lettuce and your tomato, uh, another slice of bread. You cut it diagonal and then you're good to go. And uh, that is my ideal BLT sandwich. Very simple, and it's cold. <laughs> so we talked about retcons in movies and film and arts, but let's let's kind of flip it a bit. When you think about films specifically, going forward, what would you like to see change that is currently being done in film? Something that you go like, I don't really care about this trend the direction they're going, the way they're making these certain type of films or whatever it may be, what is it that you would consider change going forward? 
This is a loaded question. Oh my god! This is a loaded, loaded question. No, it's why? Why would it be a loaded question? Is there a? You know, I'm not seeing enough originality out there. I'm not seeing original stories. I'm seeing uh, a lot of reboots, a lot of sequels, a lot of um, superhero comic book movies, which I love. Um, but we're starting to see a lot more tent poles. And nothing really kind of in between. We're kind of in this this area now where uh, we're all hyped up until the next big film comes out. And then we're hyped up until the next big film comes out. And there's this, this relentless cycle that is kind of happening. And it's not giving a chance for um, just decent mid-sized films to kind of come out uh, and surprise us. It just seems like everything is done to get that biggest um, bang for the dollar, which I, I get, but you kind of lose something as far as artistic expression or uh, nuances or, or exploring some things that uh, that traditionally would kind of go uh, under the radar. That's why I love like Tarantino films so much. Tarantino, when he came on the scene in like 93, 94, I mean, that whole class, if you look at the 93, 94, the, uh, Kevin Smith came out of that. Uh, Quentin Tarantino came out of this class. You have David Fincher that was out of that class. And all of these directors had this these specific visions and these specific ways of doing film. And I don't really see... I don't really see that happening with the, the, the newer uh, directors that are kind of coming out. It's all about the Marvel films or it's all about the DCU. I'm just not really seeing enough um, really good hard hitting stories um, or just different and original stories out there. Something that I notice as, as a trend um, is that Hollywood now tends to want to change characters they they change an origin or they change a backstory to to make them more relatable where i believe that they can create a new character with an amazing story um that that would fit that just fine and my problem is is that i've grown up reading comic books so uh, i watch a lot of those films and i start i follow a lot of those stories and then um, I'd say I probably have put at least 30 years into comic book backstory, you know, uh, with characters. And for them all of a sudden to just kind of say, hey, everything that you read about for 30 years no longer is canon because we want to change it up. You know, like it really kind of it almost feels like a waste of time for me um, because you've grown up falling in love with this person's story, for you know, in this character. And where these are brilliant writers and storytellers, but rather than change the character's backstory to, to fit a certain mold, I would prefer them to create a whole new character already and give them an amazing origin story. And why should we care about this person? Why should we fall in love with this person? And to me, like you, like you said, Tony, that is Hollywood not being lazy in, in creating new content and to me, I, I love seeing new projects like that. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of that. And it kind of sours the milk a little bit when you've grown to know and love a character for 30 years and then all of a sudden everything's changed. Wow. That was deep. 
Very deep, guys. Wow. Well, along those deep lines, I have another question for you. Do you guys prefer gum or mints? <laughs> mints all the way. Mints. Mints. I really? love mints. Yeah, mints. Yeah, mints are, are uh, things that you can kind of use, chomp on a little bit, and then kind of go in. And I think that's mostly because of work. I, I'm. Uh, I've been told so so long. Chewing gum is just not professional. It's not, you don't do it on here. With a mint, you can kind of pop it and you go. You know, it, it kind of freshens up your breath. I don't, th- I, th- I don't think it does a good job, though. I mean, it's, I think gum does a better job with that. But, uh, but mints, I prefer mints on the whole. They're portable. More often than not, I'll, I'll, I'll grab a mint. You know, playing sports and, yeah, I play contact sports, so often I'd wear a mouth guard. You know, and you can't really chew gum. <laughs> with a mouth guard in. Uh, oh, you, you could, want, but it'd get a little yeah, messy. Yeah, it'd be kind of messy. And then <laughs> I remember my kids having gum, uh, even to this day. You know, they're they're not responsible with gum. You know, it gets in. Uh, Dude, were we hair. ever? Wait, were we as kids that age? Were uh, we ever responsible with my gum? My kids are still not responsible with gum. I know, but that's part of being a kid, and it's part of the gum experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know. I love with. I guess you can't tell me that at one point in your in your childhood, Brian, you didn't take gum and put it underneath your bed and just kind of keep it there. No, because I that's disgusting, and I don't. I mean, like I've been what kind of, you didn't kind do of, that and like no, kind of like under clean my it bed off or under a table? God no! Yeah, no, yeah. Why not? Because no, that's gross. Yeah, and no, I hate yeah. that. I didn't want to get up in the middle. Of, I didn't want to get up in the middle Why of the night to, to go bed, put it. Brush like, your teeth and spit out your gum. No, I, I, that was my <laughs> way of like chewing things with gum in their mouth. Uh, when you're a kid, Ugh, me. No, I mean it was like it was nice. It was Spit I could chew on it. I could out, put brush it in, your teeth, then go. No, to bed. put it underneath your bed, and then you Gross. would. Then Were you saving it, it for later? No. That's disgusting. No, you would then take it off of your bed if if you could kind of get it off and and and. Throw it away the next why day. Why not just throw it know. away then? And why wait till the next day? Because that you're already dis- in bed. That is disgusting. You're just being lazy. Speaking so, of that, with a mint, you don't have to worry about being lazy because you could just wait till it dissolves. And then it, I know, I know. So, Tony, anyway, responsible. Yes. Sorry, oh, I'm no. sorry. I have a okay, follow-up question right. now. So you're in bed. You're you don't want to get out of bed. Yes. So you take the gum and put it underneath your bed. Uh, mind you, Gross. I'm a kid. I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah, right. This so, is a kid. <laughs> if you had to use blow your nose, what would you do then when you were a kid? No, I would have to get up and blow my nose, or I would have to go up and, and pee. I mean, it's it's the same. I mean, but come on. If I put it on my bed, and I'm not talking like I did this all the time. It was maybe <laughs> two or three times in my childhood where I'm like, you know, I'm going to have a piece of gum while I'm in bed. And it was kind of like naughty, right? I'm like... My mom and dad don't no, know. No, the naughty part is putting it on your bed and not throwing it away. No, and then I would just stick it underneath the the little God, rail of my bed just... here, and then I, in the morning I would pick it up and you throw never it away. picked it up. <laughs> <Don't> no, <laughs> well, <laughs> one time I didn't. My mom found it, but <laughs> right. So uh, you know, uh, it's 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 all good in the hood. You know, Brian, I, I don't know. We always uh, learn something I'm sorry. interesting about Tony during Gosh. these parts. I know show. you guys have learned oh, way too much about me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All right, all right. I'm sorry. Move I'm a weirdo. When it comes to whip, cool whip or canned whip? Oh, cool whip. Uh, no. What are you talking no. about? Whipped cream. Whipped cream in a can is it. Disgusting. Cool whip, cool whip is disgusting. 
Yeah, right, cool. right there cool. on some like red, white, and no, you Brian, know, I can't even understand jello. what you're thinking. Right, it comes out of the little no, tub, cool the whip. Little cool whip, yes, yes. Right, you scoop it out cool with a spoon. It's disgusting. Right, tub. you, you it put is. it in the freezer. You take it out. You scoop it out with a spoon. You put it on your Jello or, or ice cream or something, and and then you know you're a happy camper. Dude, Cool Whip is like the that, Miracle the whole- Whip. It is the Miracle. It is. It is. Yes, the Cool Whip Ugh, is the Miracle chemical Whip. Processed air. What do you mean? It, no, it's a chemical processed air. What are you talking about? It's just cream in a can, can with a little right, bit of right nitrous your, in there, right or next whatever to your, it is. Your your can of cheese. <laughs> oh, cheese whiz. No, you're wrong on this. I, I'm sorry, but uh, Cool no Whip way. is is Cool Whip disgusting. has a different taste too. It just tastes. Yes, better. I know, and it's not. No, it doesn't. It does not taste better. Yes, it, it does. Worse. It's creamier. It, does it not. tastes better. A lot better. No, that's all chemicals. That's all shit. Pole it's question. just like Miracle Whip. Miracle <laughs> Whip. Miracle Whip versus Miracle Whip versus mayonnaise. The, the, what? They're yes. Okay, which one do you like, Miracle Whip or mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. Okay. You're smart because Miracle <laughs> Whip you. tastes disgusting. You're right; it is disgusting. And Cool Whip is the equivalent no, of it's that. No, it's not. With 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 cream, not it even. is. Not it even. is, Brian. Not even close. Yes, you're. So I am very wrong close. I am so right on this. <laughs> that whipped cream in a can is where uh, is is just. It's the milk. It's the cream. A little bit of sugar, and it comes out. And it's awesome. And it tastes like whipped cream. <laughs> no, you're with. Cool Whip, it's, it's got a this creamy weird texture. Funk to it. It's I, no, great. Cool Whip, it's great. It's cool. It enhances it's gross. the dessert. No, no, it is the Miracle Whip of the dessert world, and I hate it. I don't know. Cool Whip, right, keep well, it. We're gonna, we're gonna have our fans on. decide. Uh, no, I, I yes, don't. we'll have our fans decide. Yeah, I don't think I could top this question, guys. I think this is a this is gonna be, this will be our poll question for next week. <laughs> Yes. I mean, we finally found something that we're going to go to bat on, right? Do you guys want more? Cause I, I, or do you want to end it right there? Because that's, that's... No, you know what? Let's do one more. I, I just say, you know, I was enjoying the vibe that we had. It was okay. very kind of like deep and meaningful. And right. then Brian had to go and ruin it Whatever. with Cool Whip. <laughs> or Cool Whip. Process canned chemical. Cool Whip. All right, all right. Cool Whip. It's not, can- it's not what are chemicals. Dude, that's all Cool Whip is, is it's chemicals. It's sugar, it's egg whites, and it's, uh, you know. No, it's not. No, uh, let oh, me look this gosh. up right now. I'm going to look up, you know, I'm going to the Cool Whip ingredients. Um, cool Whip ingredients. Let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. It's imitation whipped imitation. cream, Brian. The... Imitation whipped cream. So, it is so a your canned topping. stuff is not imitation whipped topping. It Whatever. is not. It is cream in a can My with some sugar. Wh- uh, cool Whip then still tastes better. <laughs> it does not. You're wrong. You are so <laughs> wrong right, well, on this. We'll see. You are wrong. Okay. It, right. it is imitation whipped cream. It is not even the real thing. Oh, disgusting. Oh, and you're the foodie. No, I never Come called on. myself that. You guys dubbed me that, and JJ. I've never, I like to eat. No, Just because I like to eat doesn't mean I'm a foodie. <laughs> I know. I know. Because you have like the worst right, taste I lose food, every one so. of these poll questions. Don't call me a foodie. I'm not the foodie guy. I just like to eat. I like what I like. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. Whatever. Um, one more question, I guess. Last Ryan. question. Let's go to beverages. Or actually alcoholic beverages. Oh, a favorite <laughs> of ours. Scotch or bourbon? 
Oh, come on. It's not even, it's not even close. Bourbon all the way. Uh, bourbon is, is uh, smoky. It's um, uh, put in an old fashioned. Scotch is good, but the problem with scotch is you kind of have to be used to to the flavor of it. It's it's very peaty. It's very smoky, which I love. I love smoke, but bourbon to me is just more of a well rounded kind of spirit, and it uh, just it tastes amazing just sipping on it. Or you can put it on uh, put it in kind of a punch or you can put it in uh, a cocktail scotch is 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 good but bourbon is just amazing it's an amazing spirit i love it it's my favorite so there you go brian you know um i'm a fan of both but i agree with tony you know it's it's bourbon for me you know like when i think of bourbon it kind of takes me back to like sitting in front of an open fire uh, in a big oversized chair, yeah, you know, just kind of like in a in a dim room lit by the fireplace and just having a, a deep discussion with whoever you're talking to, which to me is, is my version of a good time. I like, you know, those type of social settings. Um, and it's, it's a nice sipping, sipping drink. It's smooth. It warms you up. It, it makes you feel loose. I, I, I appreciate the taste of it. Um, I don't cut it with ice or, or anything. I'll take it straight or neat. But with scotch, I, I get what you're saying, Tony. I'm a fan of scotch too, though. But it's more of kind of like yeah, a, 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 a more of a social environment. And that I will have. Maybe with yeah. a cigar. Yeah, but yeah. You, know, you have a, we, if you've a, got a cigar with a cigar too. But uh, the scotch you know, is more of a, I'm at a party and I'm holding a cocktail and, you know, scotch will be there or, or a rocks glass with it. And it's more of a, a, a bigger social type thing. But if you want to kind of be intimate and this is a, a relaxing setting, then bourbon is where it's at. And, and, I, and I appreciate that, that wow. atmosphere. I'd always thought that it was opposite. I always thought that scotch was more of the intimate kind Did of you? like, hey, I, let's get together. For, for me man, then, man, for me, man. I... I I don't, man. I don't, man. I don't take man. it like that. You know, I, uh, but there is a good, when, when there's a good scotch, I mean, we're talking like, like top it. shelf I mean, stuff. It's good, I'm not but... talking like, you know, like, well, yes. well drinks here. You know, we're talking like, no. like this is the high end, no. you know, for the bourbon and the scotch. But the, that, that peatiness. Yeah. yeah but and that's a required kind of, taste. Uh, and uh, it, it could be off putting for people. So I, I get why people have to cut it with a Coke or something, which to me, I just want to slap that drink out of their hand. But, uh, but I know me too. <laughs> Exactly. My opinion there is if you have to cut it with something, you're probably not going to like it anyway. So order something else. <laughs> Fair enough. Good call. Well done, guys. Well done. Nice way to be on the same page for the last question. Yeah, right? That was unexpected. Yeah, I know. Especially after that. I know. Yeah, I know. Cool whip. I can't believe that. Anyway. <laughs> Jeez. Why don't you close this out, man? All right. And thank you again. This has been episode 19 of the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. Please, please, please share our show with your friends if you enjoy it and you think that they would get something out of it. Hopefully, they're entertained as Tony, well. Tony, can I so. paint a scenario for you? Yeah, as could our guest, please. Sharing our lovely show, listening to it with one another, drinking on their bourbon, and having a beautiful soy cat candle lit in between them. What a perfect, perfect scenario to share with your friends and family. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. That way they can be part of the conversation. What a relaxing, relaxing setting. And 
Like always, be part of our conversation and please uh, send us a comment. All right. With that said, thank you and we'll see you next time.